What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops presented by Trainwreck Sports and brought to you by our lovely sponsor, Winstreaks. You guys know all about it by now. It's the best sports app out there. It is 100% free to play. Winstreaks is 100% free to play. I always like to reiterate that you make up to five picks per day on the NBA, NHL, college basketball, baseball is right around the corner, NFL when it's in 100 players win cash prizes every week up to $2,000. Weekly contest runs from Monday to Sunday, obviously every week. Again, no deposits ever, guys. 100% free to play. Refer your friends and win an additional 50% of what they win. And never forget to use our code HHH when you sign up and start winning your cash prizes. And I say never forget to use our code because if you guys use our code HHH, you'll be automatically um, lodged into our giveaways that we're doing today. We're doing one and then in the future. So anytime you sign up, use code HHH and you will be a part of our giveaways. Jake has a wheel here. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, it's a beautiful wheel. Uh, There's some green in there, some light yellow, some mustard yellow. It looks very cool. We have all the names of the people who used our code from the last contest um, and this contest. And we are giving away a $10 game time gift card. So without further ado, Jake will spin the wheel here. It's always so suspenseful. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This thing's going crazy. Yeah. We got a little lag spin going. (laughs) <laughs> and Des dropped it. If your name is Des, dropped it on the Win Streaks app. Congratulations. You have won a $10 game time gift card courtesy of Win Streaks. So that is the power of using our code HHH, guys. Go ahead and download the Win Streaks app. Always free, 100% free. Five picks a day, all sports. Accumulate those points and win the cash prizes. Win Streaks, guys. Go download the app. I'm assuming oh, Des dropped it is a uh, Cowboys fan, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Has to be. Uh, no, that's a that's a great nickname. I actually I, I noticed that when um I noticed that when I was I was checking our referrals one day. I was like, that's I like that name. So congratulations, Des dropped it. Ten dollar game time gift card, courtesy of Win Streaks. Uh, we love it. We love partnering with Win Streaks. They're the best. Go download the app, fellas. Basketball, I feel like the NBA world has been crazy since we last recorded. You have side stories of drama. You just have amazing basketball. The MVP race is spicier than ever. We're going to have our spirited MVP discussion at the end of today's episode. Uh, We we touched on that last week, teased it heavy. We have a lot of opinions to, to throw at each other. We'll see what sticks. And uh, yeah, we have a we have a crazy game to discuss from last night as well, which we'll get into before the MVP debate. It's funny because Jake and Steve, you guys had the the Cavs Mavs matchup. Steve, me and you got Mavs Celtics Friday. I know it's a it's a gauntlet, man. Right? They they had in in Indiana, then in Cleveland tonight on a back to back in Toronto, and then 
Friday in Boston. I mean, it's it's a gauntlet. I'm I'm hoping they can come out two and two, and it's not good because they started zero and two thanks to uh, Max Drews ripping my heart up. But we'll talk about that later. I don't want to get into that before we dive into the news, Donny. Before we dive into the news, because yeah. we got a lot of juicy storylines to get to, I do want to talk about. Everyone's talking about the Mavs Cavs game. I do want to talk about another game that caught my eye yesterday. The Detroit Pistons are no longer in solo last place. They got to win on the road. Tough win. Big fourth quarter against the Chicago Bulls. Bulls playoff now. The play in getting a little, little sketchy there, but you know, luckily for the Bulls, the other teams are kind of dropping up. But the Pistons are no longer in solo last, which we said. That there was going to be uh, – the Pistons are not going to be this, like, historically eight-win, seven-win team. They were playing close in a lot of games. They're no longer in, in solo last. They're tied with the Washington Wizards. So the Pistons, I remember we said, I think, a month, a little over a month ago, that they were going to be over, I think, ten-and-a-half wins. Yeah. Right now the Pistons, I think nine wins, tied with the Wizards, and it looks like those Washington Wizards are going to be in the cellar soon because – the pool party didn't work this year. The pool, no. the pool party didn't work. But and I have we, to shout out to the Pistons. Yeah, shout out to the Pistons. They also – they should have had another win the other night against the Knicks. Yeah, the they should have. They, yes, they, they, they I, I mean – Monty Williams doesn't really have a leg to stand on as far as complaining right. about anything because he's had done such a horrific right. job coaching. But he said it was the worst call of the season. I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, his guy literally got tackled <laughs> – and he lost the ball. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Pistons could have easily been at 10 wins already if that Knicks game uh, didn't get robbed from them. Also, you brought up the Wizards. So hilarious that, that I know I'm sure you guys have seen it, all our listeners, and probably the two of you too, but that Kuzma tweet from a couple months ago. Oh, it's aging yeah. like fine wine, man. And he basically quote tweeted something about the Pistons being bad. I forget who was like close to losing to them that night. And honestly, it might have been the Celtics. It's the Celtics. They were yeah. down. It was when the yeah, Celtics they were down, down huge in the first half. Yeah. Right? And then they came back. Uh, yeah. And Kuzma quote tweeted it and said, at this point, it's just don't be that team. And now, <laughs> now the Wizards are 9 and 49, and the Pistons are 9 and 49, just cuddling at the bottom of the East. And I haven't looked, and I don't even know if it's offered. But I would say uh, to be like the worst team in the NBA, I think you would. It would. The Wizards are very heavily favored at this point. They have to be. Yeah, I mean they've. I don't even know what's going on in Washington. It's yeah, it's bad. It's it's really bad. The only thing I will say is, you know, I love to give shout outs to the guys that no one really truly appreciates. Tyus Jones and Denny Advia have been balling. I will get yeah. the the Wizards have been an absolute disaster, and obviously you're not gonna ever win a lot of games when those are the two guys you're bringing up. But Tyus Jones has been a playmaking unbelievable, and Denny Abia has, has been, in my opinion, one of the most improved players this year. He's not gonna get a lot of love in the most improved right because he's on the Wizards. The Wizards are a nine win team, and there's so many other guys, including like Kobe White, uh, Sen Goon is another one. Uh, obviously Tyrese Maxey have just stepped their game up this year. But I got I gotta give we're gonna we're gonna trash the wizards to start today. I gotta give uh Denny Avia and Ty Stones a little bit of love. Yeah, I think that's fair. Especially on a team that obviously uh we don't talk about all that much and for good reason. For good reason. I mean they're yeah. they're doing it to themselves, but you know, yeah. it's it's okay to to show some love sometimes. Uh news and notes. Well, let's get into it, guys. Chris Paul returned to the Warriors lineup on Tuesday night. It's I don't know if you guys listen, but um, I think the Sunday podcast of the um, 
I don't know why his name's escaping me right now. Uh, Ryan Rosillo and oh, Bill, Bill Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. yeah. They were talking about the Warriors in a kind of interesting way. You know, Clay obviously coming off the bench, and Clay's been awesome since he started coming off the bench. Kaminga stepped up huge in the yeah. second half of the season. Chris Paul coming back to run that bench unit. You wonder if they keep Clay and Chris Paul on the bench. And now all of a sudden, right before we record, Steve Kerr announced that Andrew Wiggins is gone with a personal matter, um, not knowing when he's going to return. So we have this Wiggins saga that's been going on for a couple couple of years now yeah. where he just you know goes absent or is, takes time off and we never really know why. So that happened again. So right when the, the Warriors start winning a few games, the bench looks a little better. Starting lineup looks a little more improved. Now we have Wiggins uh, out on a, a personal matter. So what, what do you guys think about the Warriors, the, the clay bench move and Chris Paul coming back? I'd be terrified to see him in the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah. this is this is a team with experience, number one. This is a team that's done it many, many times. They still have kind of the same core. I know they're getting older. I know they're past their prime. But Curry's still having one hell of a year. Kuminga is another guy, like I talked about some guys, you know, for most improved player. Not going to get a lot of love in terms of the votes, but he's someone that I think has been one of the most improved from last year to this year especially. And uh, it seems like everyone's kind of finally fitting in with their role. I didn't think Clay would like coming off the bench, but like as you said, Donnie, he's been playing some of his best Dang basketball yeah. off the bench, and they're kind of really all buying into it. Um, also, Brad and Podminski, right? No one thought yeah. this rookie was going to have an impact, and he's been one of the most impactful players on this team this year. And as a you know a guy who's a fan of another team in the West who's right around there, you you really don't know from seeds like four to nine in the West right now. It, who knows at this point where these teams are going to fall, where they're going to end up. I would be terrified to be matched up against the Warriors in the plan. I'd be absolutely terrified. You're telling me like it's Steph Curry who's still who's still playing like he's in his prime. The other one may be a little past their prime, but they're playing as a team. They're starting to get healthy. We'll see what happens with Wiggins. But at this point, too, it's like, do they need Wiggins with the way Kuminga's been playing? With the way Kuminga's been playing, I mean and the way Wiggins has been playing, I guess, right? Like, he's yeah, not, like two years ago when they won the finals in 2022, like Wiggins was a huge part of that team and a huge part of their success. Honestly, ever since then, it's and you know, if it's because of the personal matter, you know, you, know, you yeah. feel for the guy, but right at the same time, what we've what what the Warriors are displayed of Andrew Wiggins is has not been great. No, and I and like this is a team I just don't want to see, right? I think they're eight and two in their last ten. Now you get Chris Paul back, and I know everyone's gonna make the jokes about Chris Paul choking in the playoffs, but it's a different circumstances here. He's not yeah. option one, two, or three on this team. Like he's just a guy who's you know gonna help make an impact, help, you know, do a little bit of the uh playmaking and take a little bit off of Curry, maybe let Curry, you know, come off the ball in certain situations if they want to play small or if they want to switch things up. And also too, if, if Chris Paul comes off the bench with Clay, I mean, you can you imagine that luxury, right? Chris Paul and Clay Thompson coming off the bench for your team. I mean, this is a team that's that's really scary for me. And it, it's tough because I know we talked about how we thought this was going to be the uh, the Warriors kind of downfall at the start of it. And it looked that way. And now that everything's trending in the other direction and for any team in the West, I don't think you want to see this Warriors team. Yeah. 
I mean that this is what you this is the time of the year that they wanted Chris Paul for too when they acquire him. Like you yeah. want him for this stretch run. Yep. Like it's it's been weird that he's been in, in and out of the lineup and they've had obviously the struggles throughout the season, but they've as we're talking about here, they've steadied the pace and this is what you wanted him for to come in. I love him on that bench unit. I love having Clay. Like it, it's not only like Clay is playing well and I like you hope that he can keep it up with the struggles that he's had through this year, but it kind of like put that chip back on his shoulder. Like once they finally mm-hmm. did it, like they, he relented, he was so against it all year coming off the bench. It seemed like, and he was like, yeah, he got, about it. He got asked him about you know, Draymond's it. yelling at him in the locker room about it and everything else. And now it's just kind of like, well, fuck it. I need to go and play my best right now. And it's not like he won't be in closing lineups when they need him to be or anything like that. Yeah. But like you're saying, Steve, Chris Paul and Clay Thompson coming in as your bench unit with the starters that they can throw out there. And you have Curry who just – Curry can so uniquely carry, like, an offense if you have guys that can play around him. Like, I feel like it's – you know, there's guys like Luka and Jokic and everything else who carry offense, but it's so unique with Curry that you don't need a lot of, like, firepower per se because his gravity, which is like a, you know, meme term at this point, but it makes – so much sense because he draws so much attention to himself and stretches out the floor so much you can afford to have those guys on your bench lineup and then dealing with a lot of these teams in the west like the west it's strong but it feels wide open when you look at the playoff circumstances and if you match like the warriors up with the wolves or the thunder in a first round series i'm gonna feel pretty good about the warriors chances i don't know if i'll pick them to win those series but the west doesn't feel like as set in stone, like we're gonna have some surprise series. If they're depending on what the matchups are for the playoff series, there's gonna be some pr- surprise results, much like it was last year. Honestly, mm-hmm. the, w- the way we ended up. So Chris Paul coming back, I think he was a plus seventeen last night. This is what he's in there for the stretch run. It's it's gonna be exciting to see how the Warriors kind of close the stretch of this year so far. Yeah, uh, definitely interesting. I when you just said it, I I think uh, a Wolves Warrior series would be sick because. You don't really think that, you know, as, as improved as Anthony Edwards is, you don't really think that he could keep up with Steph as far as how much Steph affects a playoff series. But then on the flip side, like, you don't really think the Warriors' size matches up well at all with the Wolves. Like, the Wolves have that huge right. advantage in that series. Like, what do what do Draymond and Looney do do with uh, Towns and, and Gobert for a full series? Yeah, I – Definitely undersized compared to them, but I'll, I'll tell you what we've seen this story before with the spread older Warrior out, teams, Bear. right? Where they they spread you're going to spread out Gobert and also that like Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are two guys that step up big time and come yeah. uh, playoffs where they play like they're seven two and 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 we've seen this every time and obviously Curry gets all the love when Katie was on the team he got all the love Clay obviously Wiggins with his run but. I look at each like playoff uh like runs for the Warriors or championship runs and just look at what Draymond and uh Kevon Looney do both like on the glass and also defensively uh, it, uh, down low. It's it's actually very very impressive and it's one of those things with the Warriors where honestly for me outside of maybe the Denver Nuggets, I think they have a pretty not favorable but at least even matchup in any potential yeah. Western Conference mm-hmm. uh wants to conference playoff series only the only one that really i think is like eh, is is the denver nuggets because the denver nuggets will just they'll stretch the floor and they'll, they'll let you well and we saw just, it the other yeah. night right and Jokic just uh career stats against the warriors are disgusting know. yeah they're they're they're, they're disgusting yeah, it's crazy right um, so Whether that's the only one or not. if i'm a warriors fan i'd be like I, that's the matchup i don't want any of the other teams honestly i'm 
Sign me yeah, up. Yeah, because the on-paper stuff goes out the window when Steph's in the playoffs. It, exactly. it really does. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see with the Warriors ever-changing. Uh, Wiggins gone now, CP3 back. Kaminga obviously stepping up huge, like Steve mentioned. These next few uh, notes in the news and notes section, just kind of bullet points, keep you guys aware uh, if you're not as tuned in as, you know, the ultra NBA fans. Trey Young had surgery on his left hand. Uh, he's going to be out about four weeks. Surgery was a, uh, a success as far as we know. And, you know, the Hawks are kind of just coasting. Perfectly like mid. Have been it was a couple year. weeks yeah. ago. What was the what was the stat? The it's last? still it's still happening. I believe it's seven fifty one yeah. and seven fifty one. Insane. And that goes it's back nuts. eighteen years, bro. That's <laughs> wild. <laughs> I saw. Um, I thought I, I really want to give this guy a shout out because he's awesome. He's a big Nuggets fan. Uh, he's a. I'll try to clip this and put his name in, but I, I, it's escaping me right now. But this is where I got the information from. Uh, Joe Johnson was 25 when uh, wow. when the the when this record of mid started for the Atlanta Hawks. So it's like <laughs> it's not like you can blame Trey Young or Dejounte or this group or even the group before them for the the average record that they've had for so long. But um, yeah, the the Hawks they're tenth. So you know they they got the the last playing spot right now. We'll see. And they're tenth by four games. They're tenth yeah. by four games. So this is something where I like <laughs> we're talking about. They're just you know the mid team. I think they're just gonna stick at the ten. It yeah. doesn't look like Brooklyn or Toronto wants to make a push to get there, right? And nope. obviously those are the only two teams that can push them. The other three are pretty much mathematically eliminated at this point. Like obviously you know they still have a chance, but the Hornets aren't making a push and the wizards and pistons are be lucky if they get to 15 wins um so it, it's crazy and then obviously the teams above them right chicago is the the nine and then it jumps up i think another like four or five games to indiana so it's like they're stuck in the nine ten matchup it's just a matter of, are you gonna play in chicago or are you playing in atlanta like i yeah. think in the east you could just lock in that final nine ten because I'm looking at it right now, I don't see Brooklyn or Toronto making a run, and I don't see Chicago or Atlanta falling out of the plan. So it's yeah, just a matter of who's going to be home. Five through eight are separated by a half game. Yeah, Magic and Pacers are thirteen and a half back. Heat and Sixers are thirteen back. Um, but Indiana, uh, right at eight, has like five, five or six games right on Chicago. Five and a half on Chicago. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's a it's a, it's a year doesn't, doesn't need to exist really like they could just yeah <laughs> they could like have it that that and that was the one thing they talked about uh, JBC that Chicago team they are they are feisty, they are feisty. last night I love Kobe White bro. I'll, I'll give JBC a little uh a little treat there we we I love Kobe White anyway I, don't, I, I was yeah. gonna say we I assume you guys like him too uh, oh awesome. yeah he's so much fun to watch and I'll tell I'll tell JBC this too because I know I was a little mean at the start at the start <laughs> of this episode bringing up the Pistons but I'll tell tell you this JBC it's gonna be Chicago versus Atlanta regardless of where that game is I'm taking Chicago and if I lose I lose and I probably will I probably will because <laughs> Trey Young will Trey Young will probably be back and he'll probably just put up stupid numbers but if it's uh Ch Chicago Atlanta which it's going to be I will I will be all in on Chicago for that game I will give you that James you're a good guy I yeah so uh the Hawks should have Trey Young back for for playing time um yep. if they don't fall out of that which we don't think they will I don't they think should I... they, they should be there yeah. 
So we'll see. We'll see with the Hawks and Trey Young when he's back. Kevin Durant, since our last time we recorded, moved to ninth all time on the scoring list. So, I mean, we talked about how good KD is, right? Back back uh, a few months ago when he was talking about why am I not in the GOAT conversation? Um, you know, we, we had a lot of discourse about that. This is just another thing, you know, adding to his resume. Uh, securely in the top 10 of, of all-time scoring list now and doesn't seem to be done yet. So, shout out Kevin Durant. Something else that's happened since we last recorded, Pelican's heat fight. I mean, there was a, there was a couple scraps since the last time we recorded. Yeah. This one... This one was intense. Uh, Jose Alvarado, I put this uh, down wrong in the notes, but Jose Alvarado and Thomas Bryant suspended three games. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler and Najee Marshall uh, suspended one game. It was, it was, it was pr pretty crazy. I believe uh, Jovich was suspended a game as well, and then the, the next game that they were all suspended, Jimmy Butler was had a dinner and all his guys <laughs> who were suspended with him were watching the heat game together, which was pretty funny. You got to love Jimmy Butler. You just yeah, got to love Jimmy, Jimmy being Butler. Jimmy. I, yeah. I quote tweeted and said, probably not something you should be doing as a six seed, but I, then I put in parentheses. Now this is hilarious. I'm, I'm just, did you see Jimmy in the fallout boy video today? I did. Oh, emo and, Jimmy. And Shaq came late to the TNT set last night with the Jimmy Butler haircut from Picture Day. <laughs> um, he lost a bet with Candace oh, Parker, man. I believe, and he he showed up with the bangs. So yeah, I mean Jimmy, even when the the Heat are having, uh, I don't want to say a down year because I'll blink and they'll be the two seed, but they you know they're not living up to expectations i would i think that's fair 13 games back uh five seed right now but jimmy jimmy finds a way to stay relevant and uh keep the people entertained if you will that's that's Donnie, jimmy butler are you worried if uh this is uh like a four or five heat right next or something whoever they play and the heat let's say win that first series are you worried about miami this year because i know they're always the team that yeah. gives the Celtics a war of a of a uh, playoff series, and right now I think the Celtics look unstoppable. But we we've seen the story with the Heat before; they start trending in the right direction. And are you worried about the Heat this year? Or is this? I think different? I think every Celtics fan in the back of your mind, you're probably you know. I think out of all of the, like, I'm not worried about a team in the East right now. I can comfortably say Fair that. Enough. But I think if there is one and we were matched up with them in the second round or the Eastern Conference Finals again, like, if it's the Eastern Conference Finals again and we have to see the Heat, oh, like, that's, yeah, like that, they're in the back of your head, yes, I feel like I can confidently say a little bit worried, but it just feels different this year, man. I just think the yeah. Celtics have too many answers for that group. I personally think the Heat got a little worse in the offseason. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, ju I just think it, they would be overwhelming. But you know, I, I can't fully say I have no worries about them. I think Spolstra and Jimmy being there alone is, is enough. Yeah. Just because Spolstra, you know, as good as Missoula has been, and he has the highest winning percentage out of any coach uh, in NBA history, but you know, he still yeah. doesn't have the experience that Spo does. We know how Spo can can draw shit up, and uh, Jimmy's Jimmy. So, a yeah. little bit. Uh, that's my final answer. A little bit Fair enough. about the Heat. I don't think oh. you should be worried about anybody in the East. If the Celtics don't make the finals, like it's something it's catastrophic happened. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. KP this point, probably got you, hurt. You look at all the other teams in the East right now. Like it's they are a level ahead. I don't think they're a level ahead of several West teams, but I do think they're a level ahead of all those East teams. Yeah, I, so, I agree with you. I think yeah. it'd take it one, maybe two injuries for the Celtics to not come out of the East. 
I don't yeah. know. My biggest concern injuries obviously is one thing, especially if it's Tatum or Brown or anything like that. Even Porzingis would be a would change the dynamic yeah. of that team. It's just the shoot. The, what worries me about this, and we're going into a Celtics conversation, but that's fine. We wanted to talk about some contender stuff. The the thing that worries me about the Celtics is just how much they are a jump shooting team. And I know that, that the Warriors kind of dispelled that notion. They also have the greatest shooter of all time on that team. Yeah. We've seen these teams get cold in the past. Like the Rock, yeah. like the Rockets missing 27 in a row to the Warriors and other things like that. And you there's good defensive teams in the East, whether it's whether it's Cleveland or whether it's the Knicks or anything like that, who can drag you into those games. And then we're talking late game Celtics where you know, I'm sure Dunny's tired of hearing about late game Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown offense, but that's what that's what it comes down to rather than a lot of situations where they've been blowing teams out. And the net rating shows right. that the net rating there. Oh, they're not rating top 10 in, historically. Good. Yeah, it's like top 10 mm-hmm. in NBA history for net rating right now. So that's but that's what it is. They've been blowing a lot of teams out. Go ahead, Steve. But 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 the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll counter with your point, Jake, I get with the hot shooting teams. I know the Celtics shoot as many threes as anyone. I think they shoot the most threes in the NBA is – you can get away with that when the Celtics one through five is, is all great defenders, yeah. right? Like you're all, they're all, uh, all incredible defenders. And it's one of those things where the Celtics, unlike these other, you know, teams that would just chuck up a bunch of outside shots, hot shooting threes, and even, even in the fourth quarter when, you know, sometimes either they're blowing teams out or their offense isn't as crisp as, is. and, and I would argue kind of the opposite this year where I think the Celtics offense when they needed to in games in the fourth quarter this year has been night and day from like last, last night, day. even last night, they just closed. They were just like, no, what? really see you later guys. We're close. Where was, other, guy, where other guys would step up too. Yeah. Right. It's not just Tatum and Brown show. Derek white has had so many fourth quarters this year Yeah, where it's like, dude, it's this insane, guy, bro. like if you just had a, like a casual fan, just watch the fourth quarter who hasn't watched the NBA in five, years and say who's the best player on the team they'd be like oh it's that bald guy yeah it's that it's that bald guy running around like he's clearly the best but 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 that's the thing with the celtics is i i get it there's a lot of good defensive teams in the east the Celtics are the best defensive team yeah so they can get away with these these cold shooting streaks and it's just one of those things where something's got something would have to happen and i'm not even if they if all five stay healthy i don't think they they don't come out of the east but to lose a game just to lose a game, I think, in some of these series, it would take an out-of-their-mind type of performance from, you know, some of these opposing players. Like Giannis would have to do, you know, some of the games he's had in the answer. Dame would have to have one of those where he's not missing and he's pulling up from the parking lot type of games to just, I think, make it a game against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Like, just watching them right now. I, I, I When they are healthy, when they are rolling – I'm sorry. I just, I don't see it. I, I don't care that they shoot 45 threes. I really don't. They go cold and they miss 10 threes. It doesn't matter because the other team probably only gained two points on them. Like, I think, the, uh, I think the three point shooting thing is a super fair argument, Jake, from you. And I know, I know you don't have the same uh, sentiment as some, some media personalities. The only thing that bothers me about the three point argument is like, Stephen A, Kendrick Perkins, like the guys on ESPN will spend like a whole 30, 30 minute segment about how that's 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 the Celtics biggest problem. And it's going to oh, yeah. it's, it's going to show down the road and you can't live like this. Like, they quite literally can live like this, bro. Yeah. They're 46 and 12. They, would, yeah. but they definitely can live like this. They have been. Um, and, and it's funny, Jake, you bet you that they did win by 18 last night and went five of 22 from three. So like yeah. they are capable, but I do see what you're saying because 
it's if just it is, it's a matchup more than anything else. Like if it gets into a series exactly where the pace slows say. down and everything else, and the and there I think is a Pacers, I think Pacers and Cavs. I think if you go cold against, especially those teams uh, right now, just like you mentioned, the pace. Obviously, Pacers haven't been great as of late, but like Pacers, Cavs, they even Bucks, bunches. yeah, even Bucks with Dame and Giannis, like you just mentioned, Steve. Like if you have a cold night and you get down big against one of those squads. I yeah. think that the three-point shooting can lose you a game in a series. That's fair. I don't think it can lose you a series overall, I though. I, I truly think that the world, the world, the basketball world needs a Cavs-Celtics Eastern Conference Finals. And I think I that I'm not saying that. that as the Cavs end here, the Cavs are the best and most well-rounded team. And that when we're talking about the starting fives that can match up with the Celtics defensively, they're not going to be able to stop them every game. That's for right. sure. And I guarantee you those it's going to be like a 2-0 lead quick <laughs> and then go back to Cleveland. We'll see how it goes. Those teams will dominate at home in that series. But when you're looking at matching up defensively, that's the only team that I think that can give them a lot of trouble unless Embiid comes back and he's healthy. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. We're, we're going to go into Embiid and what's going to happen with him. Like, if he's healthy and comes back, the Sixers are – they're as real as we were talking about earlier in the year, but that's and it feels like if it is the Cavs, does that feels like it's going to be cathartic for the Celtics? This Celtics team, who like that's the original sin of the Jason Tatum Celtics, is that seven game series against LeBron, and then you come back to this, like they're back in this position. They've they've beaten the Heat, you know, they've lost to the Heat too, but they've beaten the Heat, they've beaten up the Sixers a ton. I don't think the Knicks, like I like the Knicks, but with. I, don't, I just don't think that they're going to have enough firepower when it comes down to the playoff series. It does feel like the Cavs are that best set up team. We talk about the we're going to talk about the Bucks in a little bit too, but they don't feel like they still feel like they're a level below this this Celtics team at this point. And the Cavs pull some. They're going to. They're. I don't know how that would look in a series like that. So it just feels like the Celtics have a lot of answers. And like you were saying, Steve, it's because of that starting lineup as much as anything else. Like the shooting is one thing, but. It's not just like a bunch of shooting specialists on right. this team that are getting hot all the time. Right. It's just a great starting lineup. One of the best starting lineups and most talented we've seen since probably Long that Warriors time. team, honestly. Since, and mm -hmm. that might have been a more high end with, with Cur the way Curry and Durant were going there. But the depth in the starting lineup and looking at it, there's not a single hole in it. So, But with Embiid coming, this is what I wanted to get into here and transition into our Embiid talk. There's been a lot of talk about Embiid going both ways, you know, back and forth, a lot of speculation, Tony. Yeah, I, I I solely put this in here. We kind of chatted a little bit about it before we hopped on, but, like, the the speculation on whether Embiid's going to come back and then guys like Stephen A and Jamal Crawford giving their two cents, like, as if that matters at all. Like, Stephen A saying if Embiid's 75%, he'd still, you know, take that and play him 15 to 20 minutes a game to try to help your, you know, playoff push or whatever. Okay, well, who is gonna play? Who is gonna play Joel Embiid if the doctors say that he's seventy five percent? They're gonna wait. They're gonna wait. They're not. You're not putting Joel Embiid, the guy who would clearly be the MVP. Well, I mean, that was he was on pace to be there. No, he yeah, no, he was he was the clear favorite before he got hurt. Yeah, clear clear state favorite. Clear oh. favorite before he got hurt. Like obviously you want him back, but that a guy who's you know he's not young anymore. He's has an injury history. If the doctors tell you he's 75%, they're not rushing and be back. So that's not even in the cards. Then you have people saying that it would be irresponsible to bring him back at all. My whole thing, putting this in here, I think it's too much, too much speculation. Uh, let's, let's wait a week and, 
and see see what the consensus is. You know, I'm sure we're going to get a, a official report soon. The the rumored reports is, is that he will return at some point this season, or you know, mm-hmm. if it comes down to the playoffs and the Sixers make it there, um, then you know he could come back then. Where are you guys at? I mean, obviously, if they want to do the Sixers want to do any damage, they obviously need him. Right. But this, I mean, I just I got to watch the Sixers up close last night without Embiid. It's literally just Maxi, and yeah. I, I. This isn't like a crazy take to feel good about being right on, but I still hate the the Buddy Heel trade. I mean, he's just not enough of a consistent score for that to move the needle for you, even without Embiid. Like, I just don't I, – I, I didn't understand it at the time. I don't really understand it now. Um, what? Just quick quick thought from each of you guys. What do you guys think about the Sixers without Embiid? I will say with Buddy Hield, I think he has been playing all right for the Sixers this year. I really do. I don't think he's been in the pure scorer, but I think he's been playing better overall, like as an all-around basketball player, than he had in Indiana. But with I Embiid – I, I, I just don't think he moves the needle enough. I, I agree, yeah. Well, with Embiid, though, the big thing, Dunny, is that – I think the Sixers have to see when he can come back, right? If if at all, if it's worth to bring him back. And then if it's like, okay, he can come back at a certain time, there's going to be pressure on this organization to maybe go a little earlier than they want to because the Sixers have fallen out a lot quicker than we thought in the East. They're yeah. now sitting as the sixth seed. They only have half a game. Half a game from the six to the seven and eight, which is uh, Orlando and Indiana, two really fun, exciting young teams Mm -hmm. that are, you know, kind of going the opposite direction of the uh, 76ers right now. And Magic are seven and three in their last 10. Pacers are six and four in their last 10. And and if you're looking at uh, the scenario here, we're talking about playing. We're talking about a playoff series, right? Seven game playoff series guaranteed. Or you're in the plan and you got to win some games. So in my opinion, if that starts to get a little, I mean, it's it's, it's close. It's going to get right now. But if they start to fall out a little bit and it's like, all right, it almost looks like they're going in the plan. I think there's pressure to bring back Embiid earlier than where I think what the Sixers had hoped when this injury happened is bring him back for the playoffs. But we haven't really heard too much. It's all just everyone speculating. So I can't really speak on that. But if we hear any news of like, okay, Embiid's starting to look like he's going to return at so-and-so date, um, I would say that the 76ers are going to feel a lot of pressure that we got to get that six seed. And it might we might have to risk playing Embiid earlier than we wanted to to secure that six seed. That's kind of how I feel. I don't know when the, the timeline would even be of – projected of when he would come back but our thought when this first came out guys was that okay he's probably not going to play the rest of regular season right i think we can agree that's kind of how the three of us felt that he's probably going to come back at the start of the playoffs and we thought philly would probably fall around maybe a five six playing i don't think we thought was in the cards and right now it's like i especially with philly fans and the way these philly teams have been before I mean, at that point, if you fall into the plane, is it worth bringing Embiid back? Is it even worth like you gotta you gotta take a look and be like, is he even healthy enough to give us something? Because I think if that's the case, I think Philly's gonna rush it. I really do. Yeah, I think as crazy as it sounds, it might depend on matchups too. When when you get yeah. to that point, True. Um, but yeah, it it sucks, man. I I did think Philly would be a little bit more competitive. It doesn't. You know, doesn't seem that way. I think obviously to get 
healed, which was my point at the time, is I think they traded away some of their toughness. I know, you know, the the Pat Bev trade and uh, Daniel House Jr., like those deals weren't directly correlated with the healed trade, but they, they kind of pushed a lot out at the deadline. I thought some pretty good impact players are just guys on the team who kind of had that Philly attitude that they shipped out. And obviously, Joel makes the biggest difference when you're watching the Sixers. But... It's there's something something missing more than Joel last night. I felt when I was watching them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. They're struggling heavy. I would not be surprised at all if the Magic and Pacers both pass them. Um, so someone someone else besides Max is going to need to step up for them. Last two things in the notes here: uh, Knicks were denied their protest on February 12th, uh, the loss against the Rockets. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. They were just protesting some bad calls that happened at the end of the game that cost them the game. They thought uh, the league denied it, though. So they will. I saw someone quote tweet this actually and said uh, the the league actually made up for it uh, with the the Pistons game the other night with the no call. So maybe maybe all is fair uh, for the Knicks there. And then our last thing, uh, the Bucks. The Bucks have been on a little bit of a surge since starting bad with Doc Rivers. I mean, they played some bad teams. They beat up on the Hornets last night. But the the bigger story here with the Milwaukee Bucks is Dame had some interesting quotes today. Uh, one of which was about my Boston Celtics. He said. I thought we was going to be how Boston is right now. Mm. So basically he, you know, had higher expectations for the Bucs. Uh, he didn't start particularly great uh, at the beginning of this season. And then I'm going to try to find the exact quote. The other thing that I was talking about, because Dame just seems like he's in his feels and it, it sucks. I feel bad for him in some capacity, but he basically said he feels lonely in Milwaukee. Uh, he's definitely lonely since him. uh since all of his family and friends still live in Portland. He talked about how all he does is practice, play video games, and then watch boxing videos on YouTube. Um, so, you know, I mean, Dame, one of us, it's a, it's a good example that these athletes are humans like the rest of us and have feelings and can get, can get down when, when situations change. But I don't know. I, I, I just don't think it's two great quotes you want to hear from your star point guard that you brought in to after you shipped out your star point guard who you won a championship mm-hmm. with right um where, where are you guys at with the bucks it's they're a very confusing team from the coaching to this the dame and Giannis together and everything in between well it feels like that we we talked about it when doc came in for adrian griffin and it felt like it was player driven and there was chatter on, on podcasts and everything else since then that it was more of a Dame thing with Adrian Griffin than it was a Giannis thing. So Dame is getting what he wants out of this. Like he got the coach out that he, I mean, obviously he wanted Terry Stotts there and that, that went poorly in the preseason. I think that's what's kind of started Dame's issues uh, with this run in the first place, but they got Adrian Griffin out of there after the team was performing well, whatever he wasn't connect clicking with Dame, Dame wants to put that blame on the coaching staff rather than himself in any way or whatever, or anybody else on the team. That's fine. But now you have to live with that. And he's out here now talking with Chris Mannix and complaining about being, you know, what life is it like in Milwaukee? Milwaukee's one of the smallest markets in the NBA. I'll tell you what, there's not a lot to do in Milwaukee. It's kind of just a, it's, it's, it's a small town. It's a nice town, good place, but it's not, it's not like a buzzing downtown. 
just you go to the lake, but it's been cold, like not a lot to do right now. And I think that's what Giannis loves about Milwaukee is that and, and the thing with Giannis we always talked about was Giannis, the story of Giannis is that he literally came from, you know, being homeless, jumping around, all this other stuff. And now he's in the NBA. So coming to Milwaukee was the biggest city he had ever lived in in his life. He has a lot more of appreciation for the city of Milwaukee and everything else. Dame wanted to go to Miami. Like, we know that was a fact. Dame wanted to go. If he was leaving Portland and leaving all his family and friends, he wanted to go to Miami. And there's there's obvious reasons why guys want to go to Miami in the league. Like we don't have to get into all the reasons. We know all those reasons that guys want to go there. So it's a stark contrast from what he probably had in his mind. That being said, Dame just kind of has lost a step, guys. Like that's all it really is. Like he's a small guard who has lost a step. And we see this happen throughout NBA history. I know since this podcast has been in existence, I've always been wary of the small guards and how they've aged and everything else. Yep. And Dame is losing that step now. And that's what I think the biggest thing is. I think he's, I think he's really dealing with that more than anything else. And, and it's, there's a lot of things that he's compartmentalizing and, and trying to be place blame in other places because he doesn't want to look at it and be like, I'm not the guy I used to be, but Dave's not the guy he used to be. And the all-star performance, you know, was him coming out and being like, I deserve to be here putting that chip on his shoulder. Sure. Nobody else tried that game though, Dave. So congratulations <laughs> on that. He's not, he's not the same guy. He's not the same superstar as he was. This team lost a defensive edge by losing Drew Holiday and the way that this defense has been all year. Like Giannis has touched on it multiple times in interviews. And this is a real test for Giannis to see what kind of leader he is of this organization. He needs to pull Dame out of this doldrums. He needs to pull this team out of – I mean, they're the third seed right now. They're only a game back from Cleveland. But we just mentioned a bunch of teams – We. No, I don't think any of us really think that they, if they got into a series with Boston, that we'd be confident in Milwaukee the way they're currently constructed. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's a lot on Dame. I think it's a lot more on Dame than he's obviously going to mention for himself. But that's my biggest thing when I watch Milwaukee is that Damian Lillard does not look like Damian Lillard of old. And I don't know if it's be, A, just because he lost step, or B, he has to share the ball and share that spotlight with Giannis and isn't used to that still for this first whole year. But it just hasn't looked the same this year. And I don't think we should expect him to. I don't think you should expect him to find the fountain of youth because that's not what happens with these small guards. It just typically doesn't work that way. Do you agree, Steve? Yeah, I mean, with, with Damian Lillard, you know what I was talking about the entire time of this series. I was like, Milwaukee doesn't realize the downgrade they're going to have on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that was the one thing when bringing Dame in was the big red flag for me is they just didn't realize the downgrade that was going to come from going from Drew Holiday to Damian Lillard. So we look at it now. I mean, Dame doesn't enjoy life in Milwaukee. It's like, well, you're it's kind of your fault. It, it, it's 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 kind of your fault. And we know, like you said, like he probably still would rather be in Miami right now. And he's probably still Definitely. doesn't want to be in, in Milwaukee. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you you can act like you're not enjoying life, but this is also kind of your fault, right? You you and Giannis talked about this. You were you wanted to play with Giannis, like you made it known. And in my opinion, I, I just I look at this Milwaukee Bucks team. And unless Giannis plays out of his mind and really tries to take over games, I think it, there's a lot of pressure on Giannis too to feel like I got to make Dame happy. Every time Giannis talks about Damian Lillard, it's just loving, loving Damian Lillard, right? Saying this is yeah. his team. I want him to take the ball at the end of the games. I want Dame to take over. Like Giannis wants to be the 1B to Dame 1A. 
that's not how this should work. Giannis, this right. is your team. And it just feels like I think Giannis is doing that to do whatever he can to make Dame happy. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's it's that it's that meme, right? Where you have the guy walking with the girl and just turning her head and mm-hmm. looking, and that's the Miami Heat. That's the yeah. Miami Heat. It's Giannis and the Bucks. And no matter what he could do for Damian Lillard, he's just his sights have just always been elsewhere. And if you're not fully checked into a team, you're not going to win an NBA championship, especially when you're supposed to be the other superstar on this team. We're not talking about a role player here, right? We're talking about Damian Lillard. And I know Jake, you said like he's kind of lost it, like he's lost the stuff. He doesn't really have it. I believe that a little bit, but I also think, too, there's a part of me that's like if Dame was fully checked in, I think it would be a little different. The one thing that obviously doesn't change is the defense, and I think that's something we always thought was going to happen. It's a lot so bad, man. It's so bad. It's <laughs> well, it's, so it's bad. It's glaring, too, because we were used to Drew Holiday on that exactly. team for yeah. a few years. And it's the only so other thing bad. I'd say about Dame's emotions, and, you know, that's great that Giannis is backing him and he wants the best for him. I think he's doing whatever he can. What is that doing to the rest of the team, though? Right. I mean, th- these guys had no like obligation to to loving Jan or to loving uh, Dame and to welcoming with him with open arms. You know, I'm sure they did at first. Yeah. But this is a team that loved, loved, loved Drew Holiday. Agreed. And they saw him walk out the door. Dame talked all summer about how he was only playing for Miami. Ended up in Milwaukee. I I see discourse every week about how Dame Lillard and Brooke Lopez d- don't get along. There's guys on TikToks who break down specific uh, plays and sets that the Bucks get in, and you can clearly see that they're, Dame and uh, Brooke aren't on the same page a lot. So I think Dame, you know, of course we feel for him if he's going for through stuff off the court. You know, we never we never want that for anyone, but th- these are things that uh, affect the rest of the team too when they see their 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call Dame on this Bucks team. Obviously, we think he should be the 1B. But if if the rest of your team sees your one A or one B uh, kind of with a, a glum attitude and putting out these quotes to the media on a weekly basis, it's not it's not the best for team morale. So uh, you know, Bucks seem to turn it around a little since the the horrible start with Doc. But definitely a lot of questions that still need to be answered. There, we are going They've to get a into stretch. A- They've got a stretch coming up. They play at at uh, Charlotte. Uh, tomorrow night, so that should be easy. They play in in Chicago on Friday night, and then home to the Clippers, at the Warriors, at the Lakers, at the Clippers, at the Kings, home to the Sixers, home to the Suns, at the Celtics. So we're going to learn a lot about the Milwaukee Bucks and their contendership in that eight game stretch. Even starting in even starting in Chicago Friday night, because that's always a crazy crowd. Chicago, Milwaukee, it'll be a raucous atmosphere there. It's a late game. It's nine o'clock start here in mm-hmm. Central Time, so it's going to be nice. Like, and that's that's an eight nine game stretch where we're going to learn a lot about the Bucks. So I'm excited to see what that comes out of it. Love it, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see with Milwaukee. I think that Celtics game you mentioned, I believe it's March 20th, somewhere around there. Um, yes. I'm looking. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that in a big way. Um, yeah, they still got so two yeah. matchups with the Celtics too. They play them. Um, uh, fourth to last game of the year on April 9th yep. as well. So, yeah, those both those are going to be must watch TV. We'll see with the Bucks. Uh, before we get to the spirited MVP discussion, Jig, any any words on the Struce buzzer beater from last <laughs> night? We I did text in the chat that I, I thought winner of the game should get the floor for at least a few moments. I know we don't have much time left. We're going to do this MVP talk. Uh, give it. Give us a few words ab- about the game last night. Well. 
Steve is downtrodden very much about this, the Mavs performance last night, but I was ready to declare the Cavs dead in the water going down 10 in the last couple of minutes before Max Struess turned into scorched uh, earth. Even, yeah. Scorched earth who, I don't know. He became like Reggie Miller. Uh, I don't know what spirit. Tracy took over McGrady. His body. Tracy McGrady. Yeah, honestly, it was, it was absurd to see Struess. They were interviewing him after the game and I'm sure Steve wasn't watching this. I was reveling on the Cavs broadcast and they're interviewing Struess. They're like asking all these questions. He's like, I don't, I don't even know what happened. Like Don wasn't on the court. He would have taken the shot. He's like, I kind of blacked out during all the threes. Like, Struis didn't even know what the fuck was going on in that moment. So, listen, that's why, to break it down in the simplest terms, this is the reason you go, the Cavs needed a guy like Max Struis. I I was not happy about the signing, thought it was a little bit too much money, but this is the exact reason and exact role that he was needed and that this team needed was a guy that could, he defended, Everybody in this game. He was on Kyrie for a couple possessions. He was on Luca. They were throwing everybody at Luca, really. But there was a lot of Struess on Luca, a lot of Dean Wade on Luca. But the reason that he's just another option, and that hot shooting is what they needed from that wing position, and it came through in the the biggest moment. I don't think a team will ever hit. Six, I've never seen shit like that. The six threes in the last couple minutes is just absurd to get them in, back into that game but before that it was just a war the whole game like it was a very well played game i saw a tweet after that was like uh just a meme of adam silver saying the nba playoffs are going to be a 15 of 28 series between the cleveland cavaliers and the dallas Mavericks. <laughs> that's what that game felt like like i would love to just see those teams be able to go at it for seven games the way they matched up but Struess. It's just Struess is like the perfect role that they need and going into the playoffs is exactly the type of guy they need. You see Isaac Okoro benefits from it too because there's not as much pressure on him. He was shooting the ball well last night. His defense is, is still impressive on that side of the ball. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was great to see from Struess. There's still some issues with Garland. He's – He's just not in the flow of things yet. Yeah, I, th- I think he's still working back, dude. That's a, such well, a tough thing to come back from. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm in all these group chats and everything, and I'm saying all he needs – it's rough right now. He just needs to figure it out by April. Like, this, let him work through it in March. If he's still in another month after playing 30 minutes consistently, looking like yeah. he is right now – and even the other night he had 20 points. He was 6 to 12 shooting. Like, what more do you want from him when you got all these guys? Like, the Cavs are not – Don is going to score his 30 because that's what Donovan Mitchell does. And the Cavs are balanced. Like every night it's somebody different. Last night it's Struess getting 21. Niang will get 18 out of nowhere. Like Allen yeah. will have his 25-point games. Mobley will have his 18-point games. You'll have the Karis LeVert 27-point games or something like that. Like they have Welcome options Harris that just Levert, go man. off everywhere. So I know it, that all too well. You you do know that well. That was the, that was the Karis LeVert game. But, yeah, Struess, it's just like – it was a great signing altogether and it's what they need. And it was a good thing to see like the shot itself. What like I could, I was a dis, I was like yelling alone in my apartment, scared the shit out of my cats. I had no idea what to do. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. So, it, was, it was great though. It was a fun win, fun game. Glad I was watching. Uh, Me too. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think I would. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Steve doesn't have much to say about the game. Uh, I, I obviously was probably going to be watching that anyway because that was just one of the better matchups I was on besides, you know, me tuning into the Celtics. But I had the Celtics on the big TV. Uh, that game on my laptop to the side. And I just started screaming when Struess hit it because I thought the game was done. And I had my laptop on mute, so my roommates had no idea what I was freaking out about. Uh, <laughs> you know, just Max Struess hitting. What would you say was the second longest game winner ever? Yeah, second longest game winner in NBA history. 
it's insane. Incredible, man. That was yeah, it was a great game. Probably one of the best games of the year. Um, and sorry, Steve. We'll, no, we'll it's to- fine. It's just it's just one of those things where it's just like there's so many plays in that game. I'm like, if just one play went the other way, like you have Donovan Mitchell, like he banks in a three, right? Like it, we talk about and if that shot didn't go, that that, that game would have been game. So if if Kyrie does step out of bounds first before passing it in, I th- then we don't like. Yeah. There's just so many plays, and then I, like I was gonna say, the one thing I said, there's so many people complaining about the refs. The refs just didn't call anything. There were there were there was yeah. contact against both teams that were uncalled. You had Josh Green's corner three where it looked like he got trucked. Then you have the play where you Donovan Mitchell looks like ground. he got tackled yeah, as as the balls. Like they were just they just weren't calling anything. So I'm not gonna get mad at the calls there, but there's just so many little plays where it's like, oh, it could have gone the other way. And then the one thing too is like. Everyone's going to talk about the Strew shot. Everyone's going to talk about the Strew shot. We had a terrible pass in the Luca where he somehow gets it around two Cavs defenders and then the no look pass to PJ Washington. Like, no one's going to ever remember that. But it's just like, I'm watching that game. I'm like, wow, that play was incredible, too. Especially all the people like, oh, Luca's a ball hog, you know, not going to get his teammates involved, which is the most lazy argument I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but all that to just be, you know, Swept away with the Maxters three. And I know, Jake, you want to see the Cavs win because, you know, you want to see them beat a good team. You don't want the Cavs to be frauds. I think the Cavs have been one of the most impressive teams in the past couple months. But if you want to talk about who needed the win more, I mean, oh, with, yeah. the, with the Mavs schedule coming up and the fact that the Western Conference, you can win one game and jump three spots in the playoffs or you can lose one game and fall three spots where the Cavs are kind of at this point feel like locked in for a top four. We'll see. But that means at least one home playoff series, right? Yeah. We'll see two to four. The way they keep playing, looks like they'll be the two. But just to have a game like that, just your heart ripped out where it was like the Mavs need this win. Need it. Mm-hmm. And to lose that way. Oh, that's what, that's what That was the craziest. And that's why I understand exactly why you feel like this because it was such a roller coaster at the end. Like the Cavs threw the game away. Like they had a lead. All they had to do was inbound, go to the line, and shoot free throws. Yeah. And Garland gets tackled. That should have been a foul. He should have been taking shots there. And then they turn the ball over there. And I'm like, well, fuck. Luca's gonna do some shit. He does do it. They have no timeouts left because the Cavs are they're yelling and calling, using their timeouts about that. And then Struz takes that shot. And I'm not like you're looking at it as it's in the air. You're like, damn, it kind of it's it's like it looks wow. kind like, of look, it looks like it's gonna hit something. Yeah. And then just but yeah. still, you don't believe that that's gonna happen. And so yeah. It's the margins are thin. It was a great game. Those two teams are very evenly matched. But that's a great point about the standings. The Cavs really don't need that win in the standings right now. The Mavs sitting in the eight seed right now. They could be at the five. Yeah. The Cavs coming up in the West. Every game matters in the West right now. You can't have one slip up game. So the Cavs stretch coming up. They, uh, their schedule is definitely tougher this, this second half of the season that they get. They're in Chicago tonight. In Detroit, uh, Friday night, and then Sunday evening, Cavs Knicks. Tuesday night, Cavs Celtics, both in Cleveland. So, a couple Crazy, big games man. for the Cleveland Cavaliers fan and contendership and everything else. The Mavs, as you were talking about, Steve, they're on a they're on a killer stretch right now. They're finishing Toronto up this East tonight, Coast Boston swing. Friday, right? Then hosting Philly, hosting Indy, hosting Miami. Uh, before coming back yeah. up here, and they go, they go Detroit, Boston themselves. So it's a nice little stretch. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, Sunday afternoon against the Sixers too. So that'll be a fun game. But 
Mavs, Cavs. It was, it was an exciting one last night. All right, guys. M- spirited MVP debate. We're going to end the episode with this. This is how I kind of wanted to do it. I mean, last week, I think uh, we were. Okay, JBC. Okay. <laughs> got, a, got a Bulls fan chirping. <laughs> Worry about beating the Trey Young list Hawks. All right. <laughs> Uh, last week we it, before I'm taking the Hawks, JBC. I changed my mind from earlier, so I'm taking the Hawks. I'm you taking lost your support, Hawks, JBC. You're done, right? Just like that. Last week, the reason this segment uh, came to light was because we were talking in our group chat and we were saying just how bullshit the MVP power rankings have been every week. There's no consistency from the league. Um, you know, Giannis was above. Luca and Tatum for a while when they were losing all those games and Luca obviously is putting up video game numbers every night. Tatum continues to do his thing as the best team in the league or as the best player on the best team in the league. Um, so we, this got brought about by frustration mostly uh, from us really not having consistency with MVP power rankings. I want to pose this to you guys though. I you know, we go all year and, and us included, we say, you know, is this guy in the MVP discussion? Like guys like Jalen Brunson or DeMontis Sabonis, those guys aren't going to win the MVP this year. There's, you know, there's always the discussion of guys. And in reality, there's only a few guys who can actually win it. We're in the final stretch right now. I even think I might have too many. I only think there's four people who could win the MVP right now. I want to know how many guys you guys think could actually win it right now. And who they are. You got three, Steve. I had three before, but uh, I, I have three. a fourth. And then one of them, I people are going to get very upset that I don't have in my top three. Um, Tatum, Tatum's missing? Tatum's not in the top three. There's not another yet. one that's not in the top three. The first one is Nikola Jokic. It's obvious, right? And, and, then, and I will say, I will admit that I was very upset with how Jokic's odds moved after the Nuggets three-game losing streak, right? That's what started this discussion, Donnie, in our, in our group chat. This is what started is that I was very upset that the odds moved benefiting him. He was like minus, you know, 105. Then he was like minus 150. I'm like, Nuggets are on a three-game losing streak. Why is Jokic becoming more and more favored when he's having – not a down year, but not the statistical year that he had pretty much in his other MVP seasons or even the year where he finished runner-up to Joel Embiid. So I was like, why does he keep getting favored? And then we saw what Jokic has done since the All-Star break. Now, granted, the Nuggets have played the cupcake of all cupcake schedules coming out of the All-Star break. I'm not going to say the world because I think, what, they played Charlotte and Portland? I can't even I – I, I, I don't even remember all, all three of the teams, but he's putting up absurd – absurd numbers since the all-star break so i get it i understand it i think he should be favored right now Nikola Jokic has just kind of done his thing with the efficiency rates with everything i understand it i get it Jokic is absolutely in the top three um my biggest i guess not necessarily complaint with Jokic, but my feel my feeling with Jokic is these other players Giannis tatum you put luca in there they get punished for bad games. They, they, they get punished in the MVP ladder or the odds when they have a down game, right? Maybe they don't shoot too well. Jokic has had his fair share of down games this year. Like Jokic has had out of his mind, insane, like it looks like video game type numbers games. He had the one game where he went 10 of 10 with a, with a triple double, I believe. Like he's had those type of games. I get the game, it. The, the game Sunday against the Warriors 
32, no, no, no. 16, 16, and Bro. four steals. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, no. he's He's been playing out of his mind. Out of his mind lately. He had – I know it's the Wizards and the Blazers, but the Wizards, 10 of 10 shooting, 21 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists. Yeah. What, that's- like, that's, that's a video game. Against the Blazers. I know it's the Blazers. 29 points. 12 of 17 shooting, 15 rebounds, 14 assists. And then, like you said, the Warriors game was probably better than those two. And that was the like actual like decent opponent he played coming out of the All-Star break. So I get it. My whole thing with Jokic, why I got upset, is I just feel like he doesn't get punished for his bad games like other players do. That's that's all I'll say on that. But obviously, the MVP discussion starts with Nikola Jokic. Just what he does is incredible coming off the NBA championship last year and two MVPs beforehand. You can't have an MVP discussion in the past five seasons without Nikola Jokic. That says a lot about the guy as a basketball player. Number two in the MVP ladder is Luka Doncic. And I'm not, I'm, I, I don't get the odds. I don't get how SGA is plus 225 and, and, and Luka's plus 700. Luka is putting up video game numbers himself, right? He's getting punished because the Mavs are the eight seed, because the Mavs record isn't the same of these top, top teams. But there's no consistency, and I'll get into that later, of where teams are ranked and the MVP ladder. There's just no consistency across the board of that. Also, too, no one wants to mention, and I sent you guys this tweet but before the All-Star break, that in terms of like starters or guys who should be regular starters, games missed this year, none of the other MVP candidates are even close to the games Luca's starters have missed. Axel, yep. Lively, Kyrie, et cetera. Like, he was playing with Dwight Powell. We know my feelings on Dwight Powell. He's playing with <laughs> Dwight Powell. People want to talk about his defense. He improved that significantly this year. He's been top 10 in on-ball defense. He's been top 10 in efficiency defense. Like, we're talking about he has, I think, the highest like passes that should be assists. He's third in the NBA, I believe, in assists. He leads the NBA in scoring. People want to talk about the efficiency shooting. That has only gotten better as the season's gone on. Last night, I know Max Drew stole the spotlight, but Luca had 45, 9, and 14 on very, very good shooting numbers. Also, I think he had three or four steals, played great defense. Like you and he's also too, like, I get the usage rate is high. But yeah, the usage rate is going to be high if you're a six, seven point guard that, you know, moves the offense through you. But don't try to tell me that this guy's a ball hog. If you watch a Mavs game, he's just passing guys open. It just no, happens to be Josh Green and Tim argument. Hardaway. It's that's super a lazy, lazy argument, argument against Luca. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Super lazy argument. And I understand the team success. People want to complain, but let's not forget. The, when Jokic won his first MVP, right? Let's not forget how some of these other superstars that have won MVPs, Giannis, Curry, Jokic, started their career. Let's not forget that when we're talking about these guys, some of them are three, four years older than Luca. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Luca, 25 years old. I yeah. got to say happy birthday to Luca. And Luca has put up historic, historic numbers. And before turning 25, you know, you know, the guy he gets mentioned with all the time of the numbers he puts up or his ranks, LeBron James ever heard of him. Yeah. He's a pretty good basketball player. <laughs> like that's the conversation he's been in from the start of his career. So people are acting like Luca is this like 
been not washed, but they're acting like, oh, he's been around. He's just, he can't win. It's like, dude, he's, he just turned 25. But yet you want to talk about a guy who's a year older and Shea Gilders Alexander, 26, like he's 18 years old and he's leading a team of bums. And I'll get to him later because he's not even in my MVP discussion because oh. I have, I have, I have Jokic at one. I have Luka at two. And the only other person, the only other person, this is no disrespect to Jason Tatum, Dunny, and I will tell you why I don't have him in my time. It is the only other, the, no, no, it's not. The only other person that I think can win the NBA MVP this year is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the reason I will say that, no, 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 don't shake your head at me. Don't shake your head at me. The reason, the, the reason I will say that, the reason why I'll say he's the only other person I think can win, I don't think he's going to win. I think it's a two-horse race. But I'm putting Giannis in there because if the Milwaukee Bucks are going to turn their season around and get hot, it's going to be on the back of Giannis putting up Giannis MVP type numbers. If the Milwaukee Bucks want to be be the two seed, if the Milwaukee Bucks want to be a team that when we've seen this, we saw this last year with Joel Embiid. Everyone's like, it's Jokic, 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 three-peat Jokic, three-peat Jokic. NBA's just going to kind of give it to Embiid, right? They're just going to try to give it to him. He doesn't deserve it. It's Jokic. And then Embiid puts up what kind of numbers? Philly has what kind of uh, post-All-Star break success? Insane. That's where yeah. I think Giannis can do that, where Tatum can't, because because his team's too too good. It's just too good. Giannis, the Bucks. We're talk. We talked about it earlier this episode that the Bucks, like, we don't know what Dame's fully checked in. We don't know if he wants to be in Milwaukee. The Bucks have been inconsistent up and down. How does that change? And Giannis is one of only maybe three, four players in the NBA capable of this to put up 40, 15, and ten. That's how it changes. And I'll tell you what, those are eye-popping numbers. And if Milwaukee's team gets better, right, Doc Rivers, he ain't getting the credit. Dame Leonard ain't getting the credit. What, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton? No, they're going to give it to Giannis, right? So that's the only reason I think Giannis can be third in the NBA MVP discussion, in my mind. Because I think if the Milwaukee Bucks make that charge, right, I'll tell you what, Dunny, like – even if they don't get the one seed, but if the Bucks are the hottest team in the next month and a half or whatnot, and they catch like four or five games on the Celtics, Giannis is going to be right up there in the talks. I promise yeah. you that right now. Oh, um, I don't hate that. I think, yeah, that's, that's you know, dependent so, on if that happens. That's, that's the only thing. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying I think he's the only one. You, you pose the question is who we think can win the award, yeah. right? And that's, yep. and that's where I'm going with it. I think that is the path for Giannis winning the award. Now, and and I'm also saying I'm ruling injuries out of the question, right? I, I the I'm not I'm not going to do oh well if so and so gets hurt this guy can win. I don't care about that. If he, if everyone stays healthy, there I think there's only three players that have a path to win the MVP. The Mavs would have to be team success because everyone just wants to blame Luca. The Bucks would have to be Giannis, like I said, putting up those video game type numbers and making the Milwaukee Bucks look like. Oh, the Milwaukee Bucks again. And Jokic is just like, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. telling you guys right now, as much as I love Luka, as much as I think he's having the best season in the NBA right now, if Jokic just keeps putting up 25, 15, and 15, there's no counter argument. No. <laughs> on seven, what, 80% shooting since the yeah. All-Star? There's I, no counter argument. There's no. I do have a weird argument against it. And this was okay. what I was going to bring up for you. Jokic, by the way, is one of my four players that has could. to be. Has to be. Um, my weird argument, and this was going to – it sucked because Jokic had that game against the Warriors since then, but this was going to be my argument last week. And I don't think it's fair necessarily, 
I'm wondering if voters in the NBA are getting a little sick of how little Jokic cares about basketball. Yeah. Well, because, that's it, yeah. because the MVP, the, the MVP seasons where it's like, are we really going to give this guy a third one? Like we know how good mm-hmm. he is, but it's, it was getting a little stale then. Mm-hmm. Then after the, like the, the post game interviews where he's like, you know, they said you've scored 30 against every other team, except for the nuggets. He didn't care. The offseason, he didn't seem to really care that the Nuggets had won the championship. He just wanted to be with his horses, which is great. But is, does Adam Silver think that's great? No. Do voters no. think that's great? Probably not. So I think if it's tight enough towards the end of the year, I think that's a, that, that's a knock on Jokic that people aren't really looking at. Um, so I'll, I'll say that about Jokic. Jake, Jake, how many guys do you got? We me, I got four. Steve's got three. How many guys do you have that could actually win it, you think? Uh, I'm with Steve on his Giannis argument if ya- that because the narratives always build up in March, especially like we've seen yep. the MVP flip in March. I think it happened with Embiid last year. I think it was Jokic mm-hmm. is going to win again. Jokic is going to win again. And then it was like, now nah, we got to give it to Embiid. I really think it's it's Jokic or nothing at this point. I think that they I think that on the opposite side of your argument, I think the voters are ready to solidify Jokic as the guy of this little generation that they have. And that's why he's been the favorite so far, because he's just, He's just been himself, and that's enough because he is just far, not far and away, but he is clearly the best player in the league and has been for a stretch now, and I think they're going to reward him by that. And that's why I think it's going to be Jokic. I think Doncic, if the if the Mavs go on a crazy run and get to the four seed or three seed, I think Luka gets into those places. I think SGA ends up like second in voting because he gets all the second place votes. There, no one's going to vote him first over but, these guys. Like That's how the voting is going to break down is Jokic, Giannis, these other guys will get all the first place votes, and SGA will get lifted up by his placing in the votes. But I think it's Jokic or nothing at this point. I really think it's going to be him uh, at the end of the year if he keeps it up. I think that's fair because, I, like I said, as much as I love Luka and want him, I think Jokic right now is the favorite. I'd pull Luka second. But here's the thing, and I, and I know I don't know if he's in your list, Donnie. You haven't got to all four. I'm sure SGA is probably one of the names in there. Yeah, my question to you, my, my question to you, and, and this is where I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I get it. SGA gets praised, praised for it feels like everything he does for the success of this Thunder team, right? For how how good the Thunder have been, SGA gets all the praise, right? He gets he gets all the love, all of it. Oh, the Thunder, the Thunder are so good. They're tied for first in the West. Look at this team. Look at what SGA is doing. Look at the efficiency he's doing it with. I'm posing this question to you, Donnie. Why, why is SGA getting all the praise when a guy like Tatum on a much better team is getting punished for it? That's that's where I can't put SGA in the MVP conversation because if I do that, then I got to throw Tatum in there. Then I got to throw Anthony Edwards in there. I know Anthony Edwards hasn't had the efficiency, but it's like you can't you, – you're so inconsistent where everyone's giving SGA so much praise because of the Thunder's team success, right? When anyone talks about SGA and MVP talks, they'll bring up his stats. His stats don't compare to Jokic. His stats don't compare to Luka. His stats are, are on par besides the points with kind of everything else with about five, six other guys in this conversation. For Hell, mm-hmm. I can say DeMontis Sabonis has better stats than SGA. Just the way, right? Just the, if we're going by strictly numbers, 
But if we're talking about team success, then you got to be consistent with team success. You can't try to tell me that SGA is plus 220 to win the NBA MVP, where Luka's plus 700, Giannis is 1,400, and Tatum's 40 to 1? You can't. Yeah. If you if you want to put SGA to plus 225, Tatum's got to be plus 170. Like yeah. You can't try to tell me that SGA has better odds than Tatum. So, but then if you go want to go by stats, if you want to go stats primarily first, then team success second, then it's Luka Jokic and the conversation's over. It's yeah. those two guys. So yeah. there's no reason in my mind why SGA should be this high. It just feels like bias that they want, I, that they want to put SGA in that conversation. So they're doing whatever they can, and they're using the Thunder in first place as a prime example. Chet Holmgren's back, by the way. He wasn't there last year. Jalen Williams is one of the most impressive rookies. He was. The Thunder have a great team. You're, you're, you're giving him credit is, for, the, for a great I, team. Yes, but that's the thing. But we're punishing Jason Tatum because he doesn't play half the fourth I think quarters scoring, because you have Jalen Brown, White, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Drew I Holiday. Think averaging thirty points a game is a is a is a marker that voters oh. love, and he's averaging thirty one. Man, well, thirty one to twenty seven. This is averaging 30, 11, and, and six on sixty one percent shooting. He should be higher than SGA if we want to go with that. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But that's but you were talking if you were talking about Tatum and SGA. I think that's the difference. It's thirty one to twenty seven. And I also, the fact that on the, MVP the reason it's twenty seven is because the Celtics are thirty five in the fourth quarter and in half these games. MVP give me the per thirty six. Give me the per thirty six numbers sga is placing 25 point blowouts just to get the 31 points every game it's it's absurd on the award tracker on pro basketball references uh tracker where they base it on the model for previous voting results porzingis is ninth in mvp voting so i think that that i think that takes away as much from from tatum as much as anything else i i the no offense Dunny, the tatum are it's if it's we're really talking about it it's a four-person race of those four guys and i think that would be acceptable i don't think i'd put tatum in there because that starting lineup is so strong yes sga starting lineup is strong too but it's not it's not the same level as drew holiday Derek white porzingis but but the reason tatum doesn't have sga numbers is because of that lineup because of their team success so we're we're so then how is he most valuable if if he has a better no but that's no but that's what i'm saying we're being inconsistent we're being inconsistent when it comes to team success. That's what I'm saying. A, I don't We're, think it's a full answer to your inconsistency question, but the way I see it comparing the Thunder to the Celtics teams is no one expected this. Steve, I know you expected it from the Thunder this year. I had him in the final. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't say no one. <laughs> no, that's what I said. I you credit. But I'm saying I think I voters and the rest of the league, like no one expected the Thunder to be this good. And then I, I will say we got to give SG, SGA credit at some point. He averages two, over two steals a game and, and 0.9 yes. blocks a game. So he, I think people see the offensive numbers for SGA and they're like, oh, he's a 31-point scorer. We're going to give him the MVP for that. He plays hard on both ends. And I'm not, and I'm not taking that away. I'm not taking away. But he, so shoots 55%, he shoots 55% from the field and he shoots, a, he shoots a good amount of threes and from the outside in general mid-range. So the, the the percentage is uh, impressive. The defense is impressive, and I don't think. And you know, I'm not trying to make the argument against Tatum here, but I just I think the expectation of the Celtics was way up here. I agree. I think the expectation of the Thunder was a little more middle of the pack. I think. I think. Uh, but I think that, that's where he gets the but, nod. But if we're doing expectations, look, no one thought the Timberwolves were going to be near the top of the West. Yeah, 
I don't think it's consistent either. I'm just if, saying. I'm, I'm asking you this not. right now, and I know the efficiency isn't there. I'm, I I know it isn't there. If Anthony Edwards is averaging 30 points a game, you think he'd be in the MVP conversation? Yes. I'd have to look yeah. at everything else. but Probably, yeah, probably, right? So that's my whole point is it's just like, oh, they're like, oh, we didn't expect the Thunder to be as good. So we have to say they're not. You could just say they're a good team and everyone's good. Like SGA is fantastic. I think he's a phenomenal player. SGA is not putting up. The numbers that Jokic and Luka are, the num- honestly, the numbers that Giannis are putting up right now. And we're saying that Giannis has to do more to get in that conversation. But but SGA is already there. And and that's my whole thing is then people are going to be like, well, Tatum's not putting up those numbers. So, well, Tatum's 40 to 1. SGA's is 2 plus 225. But also, too, Tatum is like Tatum's getting punished because of his good team, where SGA is getting rewarded. I don't understand that. Because Anthony Edwards, no one wants to talk about him, but we want to talk about how good the Timberwolves are going to be, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it makes – and then Luca always getting punished because he's been playing with backups for a third of the season. Like, I, I just – in my head, I, I don't understand it. I wish there was more consistency, and I think it should be a combination of team success and the players' pure ability and the numbers they put up. I really do. But it gets. I feel like we've gotten to the point right in the NBA where it's like an agenda at this point, where what they want yeah. to see. And I, I'll tell you this right now, and this might be being a little sour because of how the media treats Luca. But I'll tell you guys this right now. From when uh, I think it was or this past week when Luca, Luca and the Mavs won. I forget who for, forget who they beat. The Suns. When the Mavs beat the Suns, the, the the first day of the NBA was back. Right, TNT covered that game. And uh, they showed the highlights, and, you know, they, they kind of reacted to it, right? Forget who the Thunder beat. They, I, I can't remember who. I think it might have been the Clippers. I think it was the Clippers. They were oohing and on every single SGA play. They showed about three clips from the Mavs game, and they were like, oh, you know, like Mavs played well, blah, blah, blah. They were oohing and on every single play SGA made. And I, I, I feel like there's just an agenda right now, and I'm not trying to say this the is the reason, thing? but I don't think they want – a foreign player to like, Who even though SGA is Canadian, but I'm saying that they don't want those Eastern Europeans. that look like they don't care about basketball. That's, 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 that's my, a, that's what I think. I think that's a great point from the media perspective. Do you also think that it has something to do with Kyrie Irving being on his team? I think, I really think Kyrie has a lot to do with the team narrative around the Mavs all year long because everybody, yeah. there's still a lot of like Kyrie's yeah. been on his best behavior this year, everything else. He's been fantastic this year. He even last night he said was. he apologized to Cavs fans last night. Apologized yeah. to Cleveland. Said sorry for the way oh, it went down. Fuck. Well, didn't, we he, didn't get that in Boston, bro. <laughs> well, I don't think you, I don't think you guys are getting. That. I don't think you'll <laughs> ever get an apology from Kyrie in Boston, Donnie. You that ship is gone. That ship is I, didn't, I didn't know he apologized to the Cavs last night, bro. But bro. I do think I do think Kyrie plays into the national narrative around the Mavs as much as anything That's else. People point. aren't going to outright attack Kyrie anymore because it's not. There's no reason to at the moment, but they're just yeah. waiting, waiting for the moment that Kyrie does something ridiculous to jump back on it. And that's fair about, that's about fair. Kyrie. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a All fair right. point. But I, I think it goes more than just Kyrie and the Mavs. Like, I really do think they don't want these Eastern Europeans to continue to win. 
that, in my opinion. I really don't. I, I and and I know Jokic is favored, but the way the odds are set up, the way they've been talking about it, it feels no like sense. they yeah. it, they want, they're trying they to want build. SGA. They they're want trying SGA to, build, to just get to the point where he can leap Jokic. They're trying to create a new super duper star, and that they're hoping that it's Shea Gillis Alexander, and especially going into the Olympics and every all yeah. the attention that's going to be on. But you know, I don't Ant, get that. Ant is not somebody. Ant is not a guy. He's not a guy that's easy to market. I I, I agree honest. there. He's not a guy that's easy to market the way he I, the way that that team is and his. Uh, he kind of has the I don't give a shit attitude like exactly uh, Jokic a little bit. They do. Exactly. No, I'm, not, and the I'm saying all three the, do. The league loves that. Like the Thunder are their pet project, bro. We're talking about small markets. That's the by far the smallest market in all of like professional sports besides like Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. like it's yeah. there's nothing else going on there, and I feel like they have done a lot to boost that up too. So I'm here. We're we're gonna we'll, we'll just have to come back to our and as it, as it develops with the ladder coming out and everything, it's gonna be an interesting march to see how this plays out. <laughs> If you had to predict right now who wins, are we all going Jokic? Oh, it's if Jokic is winning, if he stays doing this, I think they're just picking Jokic. I think it's Jokic too, Donny. Not picking SGA, bro. Oh I'm I'm, I, I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> I'm done. That's not bro, a troll, nah. bro. I, nah. if, I didn't want to even say that after you. I was gonna say that at the beginning. I didn't know how strong your anti-SGA was. It's, it's the, the defense. It's the defense and shooting percentage. But Gian- for me, Giannis bro. is better defensively and putting up better numbers. But to me, he hasn't. He the, their team hasn't been as impressive. I think they they should. I mean, as of late, kind of breaking the mold. I just I don't know something about SGA. I didn't have the Thunder expectations that you had. SGA percentage. I, I get for, the expectations. I, I get that. SGA's three and, and, and a half. Team is three and a half games better than Milwaukee. over two steals a game. Is it like does get talked about. What do you mean it doesn't get talked about? <laughs> I don't think it's it. I don't talked hear about, about it. all over. That's all they talk about is SGA's on ball defense. Okay, let me let me have my finishing thoughts here. So my my four. I don't. I actually don't know if I would have SGA first. I'd probably have Jokic first. I think that's fair. But I do. I do think SGA needs. Uh, some credit for the for the shooting percentage in defense. I'll, I'm going to keep honing on that, or uh, pounding that point. My four are SGA, Jokic, Luka, and Tatum. I I do think Tatum still has an argument. I do think he's live for what's it. What's his What's his argument? If if you if you were to pose a Tatum MVP argument to me right now, how would how would you how would you construct it? Okay, I I wanted to say this stat about the Celtics anyway. But I'm going to twist it into a, a, a MVP Tatum okay. stat also. I like it. Listen to this, guys. I got I to gotta pull up my likes here because I found it on Twitter earlier. Well, first, something that I, I'm gonna, I want to read stats because he's the best player on the best team, right? Leads, he also, and I'm sure, you know, Luka, Jokic, they're probably similar in this category. Mm-hmm. But I think this helps Tatum's point more because of how good his team is, like you were saying, Steve. Right. Best player on the best team averages 27, eight and a half rebounds, five assists, and a steal a game. He leads the Celtics in points, rebounds, assists, and he's tied for the most steals when you have the best defensive backcourt on your team. He has Derek White and Drew Holiday on his team, and he's tied for the most steals on top of having the most rebounds when he has a seven foot two guy in the starting lineup with him and for the most assists. I know Luca probably he probably holds all those for the Mavs too, right? Maybe yeah. not the steals, for, but I'm no, sure I think he, has, he leads the Mavs in steals too. Oh yeah, because yeah, the defensive numbers yeah. are up for Luca this yeah. year too. So I'm sure that's all all the same, right? But I think I think it deserves some more light that he leads the Celtics in all of those because of how good Fair the enough. rest of his team is. So that's one thing. 
this is more just uh, how good the Celtics are stat, but I think it plays into the best player on the best team. So last night with their win and the Nets loss in Orlando, the Celtics on February 27th, that was last night, clinched a spot in the playing tournament. If they lose their final 24 games, the Celtics still make the play-in. That's crazy. So they they could lose out from here and still have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, I think that's obviously a testament to how good the starting five is. We keep talking about that. I think that's a testament to the best player on the best team, though. And I think if you, I, I think a lot of people would disagree with this. I think if you take Tatum away from the Celtics team, I know their starting five would still be very, very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a top three seed in the East. I maybe not even top four seed in the really? East. They don't have Tatum on this. I really don't, man. I think if you the way the East is this year too. I guess, yeah. I, I didn't expect – the way it started, right, with the way yeah. the Pacers were playing, you had more expectations right. from Miami and Milwaukee. That's a good point. Probably not right now. I think they'd okay. still probably be a top three seed. But I, do, I don't think uh, it gets talked about enough how important Tatum just being out there is. I would – I don't know the stats, but I'd be willing to guess he he's top three, maybe top five in hockey assists in the league. Like, he's just so important to the success yeah. of this group. Uh, he does everything at every level. And, you know, obviously I, I said there's four guys that could win it for a reason. I, I don't right. think – I'm not saying all these things about Tatum and don't think that is true for the other guys that we talked about. I think that is true. I, I just I, think the 46 and 12, and if they win 65 games, which is what they're on pace for now, I think it'd be hard not to, to not to give him a strong consideration. That's but that's – that's my, I guess, counterpoint is don't you think he? it's more like he gets punished than rewarded if the Celtics have that many wins just because it's like the team's too good. And here's my biggest pushback with Tatum, and I'll even give SGA credit here. Um, SGA, Luka, Jokic, you, you can put it in there a little bit. Giannis, depending on what Dame does that game. Even like other guys down the list. Fourth quarter comes around and it's like, they they got to go off. We have seen, Donnie, multiple Celtics games this year where Derek White takes over the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. first steps Porzingis, Jalen Brown as of late. I know Jalen Brown has been a first-half warrior in most of the games, but he's had his moments too. And it's just like with the Celtics, like because they're so talented. Like even the Thunder, where Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren are great. The Mavs, Kyrie Irving's great. Nuggets, Jamal Murray's great. In those close games in the fourth quarter, the reason they usually win those games is because of SGA, because of Luka, because of Jokic. With with the Celtics, it's more like, oh, no, Derek White scored 16 in the fourth tonight. Porzingis was 6 of 6, scored 15. Jalen Brown, like Tatum, and I'm not saying Tatum doesn't. Tatum has it. I just feel like it's more spread out. That's all. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing with Tatum for me is if you just look at counting stats, the mm-hmm. simplest thing of the top four guys, he's only he's averaging twenty seven, which Giannis, Luca, SGA are averaging thirty. Jokic yep. is only averaging twenty six, but he's averaging damn near a triple double. Which Tatum is he's got his eight and a half rebounds, which is crazy to be doing, but he yep. only has the five assists and then the field goal percentage. Luca's the only under only other one shooting under fifty percent. Tatum's shooting forty seven yeah. percent, but Luca's shooting thirty eight percent from three. Tatum shooting 36% from three. If he was at 50% and at 29 points, I think, think he'd be higher in this. And I think that the margins are slim and it's like – Do you think if Tatum was at 30, he'd be ahead of SGA? He would be yes, the second guy? You think? I do. I think because I think, I think, I think it's such a tight – I think it's such a tight race that you have to – 
that they're that the voting in the latter is splitting those margins really thin yeah. because it's you can we like Donnie, your argument for Tatum, like that's sound. Like if you want to take that no, and run fair. with it, no, like people can argue with it, but it's fair. Like it's completely fair to have those guys. Even the guys underneath them on the pro basketball reference, like our Sabonis, Mitchell, Halliburton. Like in other years, those are guys that are in the MVP, not like to win, but in the top discussion for top five, top four, top three. And they're not going to be near that this year. And it's just a credit to how good this race is, really. Can I just say one last thing? It doesn't have to do with Tatum, but I just want to say the reason I don't have SG in my top three. The only the, the main reason is I just think it would take a collapse from the, the Nuggets and the Mavs, where I feel like if the Nuggets start to slow down and the Mavs play better, then I think Luka gets very like highly considered in the MVP talks, whereas – I don't think the Nuggets fall off, though. That's the problem, right? So you want to go on team success and everything. It's like if the Nuggets are just – even just yeah. below the Thunder, Jokic is going to I really it. think it's a race for number two that we're arguing about mostly because okay. Jokic, Jokic averaging damn near a triple-double, and if that team's a top three seed, he's winning that because he's the best player of this generation. They're going to cement he? that. He's like, like what, what 29 is. points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists post All-Star break? It's nuts. It's what nuts. And he's like, there's an argument to say, like, we're going to be talking about the 2010s into the 2020s, and it's going to be LeBron, Steph, and then Jokic. Like, that's where we're at at this point with the last 15 years of basketball. So The, uh, the last thing I want to say has nothing to do with Tatum, uh, has nothing to do with really anyone individually. It's the same thing I said about every year we get more and more snubs in the All-Star game. You can chalk this whole conversation up, the whole MVP conversation up to it. It's how fucking good the league is, man. Yeah. There's so yeah. many got like Perkins, you know, it's funny that I'm using Kendrick Perkins. I just saw this while we were recording though. He was, you know, saying, why isn't Demontis Sabonis talked about more? You know, it's How fair. is he not there, an all-star? There's, yeah, it's the same thing, right? It's what I just said. There's snubs. There's guys that should probably be higher. Shooting sixty-two percent from the field. But there's this just year. only so the, many names. Been unbelievable. There's just only so many names. There's only so many spots. There's only so many words and minutes on these talk shows that yeah. you can get in. And I just think that's how talented our favorite league is. Um, and 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 that's where we're at. I think I, I think this is only going to be a harder reward to give out every year. I think the all-star game is only going to get harder to make selections and it's, it's great for the league and it, it makes for some spirited MVP de debates like we had today. Um, so that that's, that's it for me. I mean, we, we've been going for a while here. I know, I know Jake has to run too. Uh, did you, do you guys have any last closing things? No, I think, I think that's all I got. I'm excited to see how this goes because, like I said, I just want to see consistency when it comes to the NBA MVP ladder especially. Um, I just want to see if some teams falter down the line or some teams get better, if that actually truly changes MVP odds. And you're right, Donnie. I think, you know, if we see the Celtics get into the mid-60 wins, Tatum should move up. Mm -hmm. right, regardless. So we'll see. Um, also, too, we're talking about these MVP talks, right? A lot of these teams are going to play each other in the next in the next two three weeks, so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I can't wait to see it, and we're we're getting close. We're almost at playoff basketball, yeah. So we're almost there. I'm yeah. I'm ready for the uh, the end of this season. As long as Jason Kidd doesn't screw it up, and play Daniel Gafford <laughs> seven minutes, but uh, we're done. We're done. <laughs> It's uh, it's great, man. This this episode is great. I'm glad we got to get to our spirited MVP debate. 
Uh, I didn't even tell you guys about this, but I'm going to, I might have a new segment I'm going to introduce next week mm. on the show. Um, so maybe, maybe that's our thing. Maybe we'll start giving the listeners teasers at the end of every episode. We teased MVP conversation. I'm going to have a new segment for next week. Uh, and that's, that's going to do it for happy hour hoops. Thank you again to our wonderful sponsor win streaks. Shout out to the user Des dropped it. Who won the 10, $10 game time Great gift name. card. Uh, don't forget to use our code HHH when you go and download the Winstreaks app. Five picks per day, 100% free to play. You accumulate points based off your picks, and then you start winning cash prizes. 100 players win cash prizes every week. So shout out to Winstreaks. Use our code HHH when you sign up. And shout out to Train Wreck Sports uh, for making this possible for us. That's Happy Hour Hoops. That's the Win Streaks app. If you're watching on YouTube, Jake is showing you. Uh, later, guys.